Well, I invite you to open up your Bibles uh, with us. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. There should be Bibles in front of you, uh, or you can use a smart device uh, if you have that on your phone, or also if you just want to listen, that's also uh, totally appropriate. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verses uh, 9, excuse me, verses 10 through 12 is where we're going to be, verses 10 through 12. If you haven't been with us, uh, we've been looking at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus unpacks the ethics of living in his kingdom. So let me read this, starting in verse 10, I'm going to go through verse 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that we can engage in this conversation. We thank you, Lord, that you are here with us, and I ask that you would help us engage in this conversation. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit would convict us where we need convicting, and he would encourage us where we need encouraging. We thank you for the gift of your people and for the gift of your word. And we pray all this in the name of your Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would allow me to be candid uh, just for a moment, Uh, as I was preparing this sermon this week, this has been the hardest sermon uh, that I've ever had to prepare. Looking at the idea of persecution and realizing just how little severe persecution I've been through. And as I prayed and prepared this week, thinking about how hard this is, and and I just want you to know the first sermon I ever preached uh, was a long time ago. I was in my early 20s and I preached about the gift of singleness to a singles ministry of people in their 40s and 50s. Uh, and this has been harder uh, because I, it's been so hard to uh, look at my life and look at our lives in the Western world and to see how small, severe persecution we actually have. And so as I preach with, uh, with this text this morning, I just want to assure you that I come to you as a fellow learner sitting at the feet of Jesus, wanting to hear his word for us today. Looking at the Beatitudes, Jesus is unpacking the ethics of what it looks like to live in his kingdom. And what's really fun and frustrating is this word that Jesus used, blessed, can also be translated as happy or flourishing. And so the people who were original hearers would be listening to Jesus. He said, blessed are those. And we're like, oh, yeah, here it comes. Blessed are the wealthy. Bring it. Blessed are those in power. And then Jesus says these hard things, these hard life situations. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the pure in heart, the peacemakers. He's showing us this paradox of what we think blessing and flourishing actually is. And I think it comes to a head in this last verse of the Beatitudes when he talks about persecution. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. We think about this dichotomy between flourishing and suffering, and it's hard for us to fully understand it. But it's important to think about uh, maybe a farmer who plants crops. A farmer who plants crops, he wants the roots to grow deep. 
And so he destroys the land, essentially, tilling it, tearing it up, digging down, making holes. In the same way, the suffering and flourishing of God's people go hand in hand. When we look at this passage, there's one clear thing that we see, and that's this. Even in the midst of persecution, we can be joyful living in God's kingdom. Even in the midst of persecution, we can be joyful living in God's kingdom. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to unpack these three different components to help us really understand what Jesus is saying in these verses. Even in the midst of persecution, we can be joyful living in God's kingdom. The first thing I want us to talk about is the nature of persecution. This is an interesting word that gets thrown around a lot, uh, the idea of persecution. Uh, But Jesus says in here, uh, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are you when you were reviled, persecuted, and slandered. So I want to talk about what is persecution first and foremost. Persecution uh, in the early church was really interesting. They experienced a lot of slander, a lot of verbal abuse. And some things that were pretty normative for people to say about the Christian church, kind of at the beginning, was firstly that they were cannibals. Uh, that this kind of new group of religious people were cannibals. Uh, and at first I read that, and I'm like, well, that's pretty weird. Uh, but I guess we do regularly talk about eating the body of Christ and drinking his blood. Uh, so, okay, I, I understand that. But that, that was pretty normal that, uh, that people would say, this group of religious people, they're cannibals. They're eating bodies and drinking blood. Something else that was pretty normal uh, was that, uh, I'm trying to think of the most subtle, gentle way to say this. Uh, the worship gathering that the church had was called a, uh, a love feast. Um, and so a lot of people thought that there was actually just a giant orgy, uh, what, what was happening. So uh, when thinking about the early church, uh, the community, the culture, the society kind of got a glimpse of what they were doing, but kind of thought it was something else. Said they're cannibals and just having a giant orgy. They're eating the body and blood of somebody, and then they meet every Sunday to have a love feast. It's pretty, (laughs) you can kind of understand some of the the tension, but this is kind of what persecution looked like, and, and it created isolation and segregation and pushing away. But it wasn't just verbal abuse. It says uh, persecution in, in this text is verbal abuse. It says when you are slandered, when they uh, evil, uh, excuse me, when they speak falsities about you. It was also physical abuse. And if you've studied anything about history at all, you do know uh, early on uh, in the church's history, there was some uh, extreme physical abuse. Christians, uh, during the time of Nero, they were flung to lions They were burned at the stake. They were used as living torches. Um, People would sew wild animal skins on them, and the dogs would hunt them. They were tortured. Uh, They were scraped with pincers. Um, Molten lead was poured on them. They were burned by red-hot brass plates. Their eyes were torn out. The body parts dismembered and roasted before their very eyes. Hands and feet were burned while cold water was poured on them to increase their agony. And this is just a small list of the type of torture and persecution that the early church went through. 
Thinking about the early church, even uh, my daughter Agatha is, is named after a saint who was tortured as a teenager and ultimately murdered for her faith. But persecution, uh, I don't know about you, when I think persecution, I often think this is a thing of the past. This doesn't happen today. This is, you know, we live in a sophisticated society. Persecution isn't happening. But uh, if you've looked at the news at all, you know that persecution is happening. Persecution isn't just about a religion or belief set. You can be persecuted for your ethnicity, uh, for your gender, for your beliefs, for your sexual orientation, for your political party. There are a lot of different ways that we can be persecuted that anybody can be persecuted. And it seems so frustrating and so ridiculous to look at a person and to say, I am better than you. To look at a person's life and choices and beliefs and to cast verbal abuse and physical abuse on them. Man, it makes no sense to me. I could never imagine doing that. But... If we're honest with ourselves, we also need to admit that that same anger, that same violence is present in our own hearts today. That this idea of persecution is not an isolated incident for people who aren't as educated as us. It's not an isolated incident for people who don't live in the West. The very nature of persecution, of anger, of violence is very present in our hearts today. I think about uh, a small example. Uh, my neighbor has a tree, and it's a big tree. And my least favorite chore of all is raking leaves. Uh, and I don't mind my neighbor's big tree until November. <laughs> and then that thing just sheds all over my yard. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? It's okay. Like, leaves, they're biodegradable. It will be fine. And then it kills all my grass. Uh, and I get so frustrated. Trim your tree, man. Come on. I have this anger and this violence in my heart. Happens on the road all the time. But it's okay, because we're in a metal car, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) The nature of persecution is that it is real in history, it is real today, and it will be real in the future. Because it's all in our hearts But Jesus doesn't just say here, blessed are the persecuted. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So I want to look at the second component of this statement. What is the nature of righteousness? What is the nature of righteousness? The nature of righteousness is we want what God wants. We want in this world what God wants for this world. We looked at the Beatitudes these past two months. This is righteousness. This is living in God's kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the mourning. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is the nature of righteousness. This is the kingdom 
that Christ invites us to live in, that these would be a reality. So when we think about living in God's kingdom, this is an amazing place to start, where Jesus unpacks what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. But it's not just for righteousness sake. In verse uh, 11, Jesus kind of expounds. He focuses on, he says, for my name's sake. Let me read that again in, in verse 11. He says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now, for us, we can kind of read over that pretty quickly of, Okay, yeah, on his account. But to the original hearers, what they would have seen is Jesus say in one breath, for righteousness sake, and then in the same breath, say on my account. See what Jesus is doing? He's saying, I am righteous. I am righteous. And so if we want to live in righteousness, if we want to pursue righteousness, we are acting in Jesus' name. And there's a lot of people who do a lot of stupid thing in Jesus' name, aren't there? There's a lot of hate, a lot of anger, a lot of foolishness that we've done in Jesus' name. There's even been persecution done in Jesus' name. And Jesus actually says it's the opposite. Not blessed are you who persecute in my name, but blessed are you who are persecuted in my name. Thinking about being persecuted for righteousness' sake in the name of Jesus, I think about 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 12 through 16, he says this. He said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now this is what I want you to hear, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Do you hear what Peter's saying? He says, let none of you suffer. He's talking about persecution and suffering. And he says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a meddler. And so a lot of us can see, I'm being persecuted for X, Y, and Z. I'm being persecuted for X, Y, and Z. But really, we're being persecuted because we're being fools, or we're being bigots, or we're being jerks. These are, are all, these are all words that have been used to describe me. A lot of times, we can so quickly think of any type of dispute, argument, as persecution. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. I think about all the foolish debates I got in in college. Uh, I remember I had taken a class on Eastern religion, and, and I did want to learn. I did. Uh, but I was also fairly outspoken about my faith in my class. And I remember uh, my teacher had said, uh, had given me a special assignment. Um, she had asked me to spend a day with a pine cone and to uh, write a paper about it to understand reincar um, reincarnation. And I was livid. 
I could not believe the persecution that was bestowed on me. I could not believe, I, I totally resonated with Jesus in this moment of having to sit and to write a one-page paper double-spaced. And, and I, told, I made sure the teacher knew. I made sure she knew how unfair it was what she was doing. Some of us are being persecuted because we're jerks, because we're being foolish, because we're being arrogant. In the same way, Jesus says, blessed are you when you are persecuted. He does not say, blessed are you when you find persecution. Some of us seek it out and we want to find it. You know, there's this time uh, in church history when Christians were being martyred and it was a terrible time, but, but then it was okay to be a Christian. It was totally cool. And then all these Christians were like, oh man, I really wanted to be martyred. And then when they heard that somebody was martyring Christians, they're like, come on, let's go. We got to get martyred. We got to get persecuted. Because this is what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus does not say, bless those who find persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We don't have to find it. We don't have to go out of our way to start fights. We don't have to go out of our way to receive persecution. If we desire to live a godly life, if we desire to live in God's kingdom, in his righteousness, we will be persecuted. And I think about why this is. When I think about persecution, often I think about sports. Uh, because there's just a lot of anger towards people for no reason. <laughs> and, uh, and I am a big Columbus Crew fan, uh, and I'm excited that they're staying in Columbus. Thank you for your prayers. <laughs> but when I sing Columbus is the greatest team the world has ever seen, when I sing that song at the top of my lungs, which I do, and it's not ridiculous, when I sing that song at the top of my lungs, I am implicitly saying that your team is not the greatest team. In my allegiance to my team, I am revealing what I truly believe about you and your allegiance. And in the same way, when we pursue godliness, when we pursue righteousness, it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. When we're at the bar with our friends and they urge us to take another drink when we know we've had too many, we'll make them feel uncomfortable. When we're at the office and there's gossip going on and slander and we refuse to take part in it, it'll make people feel uncomfortable. Because in our allegiance, in our pursuit of righteousness, in our desire to live a godly life, it reveals our allegiance is to Christ Jesus. But this is really hard, and this is exhausting, and we can't do this in our own strength. But that leads us to our third and final point. The component of that initial statement that we said, even in the midst of persecution, we can be joyful living in God's kingdom. This last point is the nature of surpassing joy. Jesus, how dare he then say, rejoice and be glad. How dare he say that? Rejoice and be glad. How is this possible? 
How in the midst, in the face of persecution, of us just trying to be good, kind, nice people, and then being persecuted, being verbally abused, physically abused, how on earth can we rejoice and be glad? Something that bothers me more than anything else, and this is uh, interesting, uh, is being at the mercy of others' judgment. I can't stand it. I can't stand it because often their judgment is not true. It's just not true. If you just understood me more, if you just saw things from my perspective, being at the mercy of others' judgment is a complete and utter helpless feeling. And this is what we're looking at when we think about being persecuted for Christ's sake, being persecuted for righteousness' sake, that we are just trying to do our best to live in God's kingdom. So how do we rejoice? How do we be glad? Well, the first thing, there's two specific things I want us to look at. The first thing that we do is we look to the future. Jesus says it here in verse 10. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does anybody remember where Jesus said that before in the Beatitudes? He says it in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we see this poverty, when we see that we're living without, when we see that there's no safety, we know that ours is the kingdom of heaven, that there is a future home that we can look forward to, and it gives us strength to endure. I heard it put this way, thinking about the cost of persecution, thinking about the pain and the, and the isolation and the sadness of living through persecution. Somebody said it was like a, buying a postage stamp to put on a check to receive, a, excuse me, to put on a letter to receive a million dollar check. And that's what this is like. And that's not to say that the persecution that we face, that anybody faces, is just, you know, 43 cents. Is that how much a postage stamp is? I don't know. I buy them in bulk, so I can't really tell you how much one is. It's not to say that this is little and this is minuscule, but what's to say is the hope and the glory and the joy is so much greater. It surpasses the pain. It surpasses the agony. It surpasses the isolation. We look to the future knowing that our kingdom, excuse me, that ours is the kingdom of God. So firstly, we look to the future and we can be, rejoice and be glad. But secondly, we can rejoice and be glad because through suffering and through trials, endurance is produced in us. James chapter 1, he says this, Count it all joy for uh, my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let me say that again. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. This is a reason that we can celebrate. This is one of the reasons that we can rejoice and be glad because we know that in our persecution that we are being 
grown and matured in Christ-likeness. That we are growing in our ability to endure and persevere in this life of faith. I think back to that earlier illustration of the farmer. That paradox between suffering and flourishing. The fact is, is that the ground still needs to be tilled. The seeds still need to be planted. And that is a lot of work, a lot of hard work. But something that we have to remember as we close this this Beatitudes section is that the Beatitudes, this kingdom ethics, they're not a list of to-dos. They're not a list of things for us to be that we're not. It's an invitation to live in the kingdom of God. We don't have the ability to live like this. Even on our best days, when we're feeling our strongest, when we got 8 to 12 hours of sleep, I don't know how much they say you need anymore. When we get the appropriate amount of sleep, when we're eating healthy, when our mind is engaged, when our social lives are flourishing, even at our very best, we cannot do this perfectly. It is not in us to live like this. And that's what the beauty of this invitation to kingdom living is. Is Jesus doesn't say, blessed, and then he gives us a checklist. And this is how you enter into my kingdom. This is what Jesus says later on in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Living in God's kingdom has this paradox. Suffering, flourishing. And the two go hand in hand, sometimes in ways that we don't understand, and sometimes in ways that we do understand. But we see this to be true, that pursuing to live in God's kingdom will certainly result in persecution. In different severities for different people, we do have a lot of freedoms in this country, but persecution is promised to us. And when that ground is being tilled and torn, separated and roots are being ripped up, We know that we don't have to do this alone. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is inviting us to come to him, to receive his rest in the midst of persecution. And that is where we will find our joy. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Thank you that Christ is with us in the midst of persecution. Thank you that you experienced persecution before us, that you sympathize with us and you empathize with us. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you to find rest while we live in this world, pursuing your kingdom, 
of being open to persecution, to pain, and to trials. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would give us a better perspective of our future home. We pray that you would help us to see and taste the goodness of completely living in your kingdom. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would give us the strength to endure, to rejoice, to rest in you in the midst of persecution. And we pray all these things in the name of your Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.